Versprechungen zu geben. Wie nun selbst allein liegt die Zukunft des deutschen Volkes. Wenn wir selbst dieses deutsche Volk It's not hard to find these and similar quotes being used to argue that Adolf Hitler was a Christian. But those who find and use these quotes for their rants against Christianity forget to ask an important question. What exactly to Adolf Hitler was Christianity? And who to Adolf Hitler was Jesus? Though some critics aren't even aware of it, even as they use it, a programmatic quote can be found in one of the points from the party program for the National Socialist German Workers' Party. The phrase positive Christianity is a key here. Many fundy atheists quote this statement without even being aware of what the phrase means. They might be thinking that the use of the word positive simply means something the Nazis considered affirmative or helpful. But it's much more than that. And if what the Nazis called positive Christianity were to emerge today in some other place, that group would immediately earn the designation of a cult, and what it believed would be reviled as a heresy. Positive Christianity, as it was practiced by members of the Nazi party, might best be described from their point of view as a bowdlerization of Christian belief, which excised some portions of the truth and overemphasized other portions. Chief among the excisions was a complete disposal of the Old Testament because it was a Jewish document, as well as, for some of them at least, certain portions of the New Testament. The second distinctive of positive Christianity involved a full revamping of the person of Jesus. As you might expect, one part of that revamping was to no longer recognize that Jesus was Jewish, 
and instead claimed that he was an Aryan, or a member of what the Nazis took to be the master race. Positive Christianity also turned Jesus into a sort of type A personality, unlike the full picture we find in the New Testament. The final distinctive we might note from the Nazis' Bowlerized Christianity is not so much unorthodox as it is a reflection of their emphasis. Positive Christianity placed more emphasis on orthopraxy, or right practice, than on orthodoxy, or right thinking. With all this in mind, what can we say about claims that Hitler or other leading Nazis were Christians? I've noted three distinctives here that set off the Nazis' positive Christianity from what is believed in the mainstream Orthodox Christian Church. The first one, the pairing off of the Old Testament, was also a critical element of a movement of the second century that was declared heretical, the Martianites. That alone tells us that positive Christianity was also outside the pale of Orthodoxy, and that Hitler and his cronies who believed it were also outside that pale. The second distinctive concerning the identity of Jesus has no precise match in any earlier heresy. Admittedly, most heresies about the person of Jesus had more to do with the divine identity of Christ, such as the Arian heresy, with an I, not a Y. Could we term what the Nazis had to be an Arian heresy, with a Y? Well, actually we don't need to, because denying Jesus' Jewishness is here an extension of the first distinctive which chopped the Old Testament out of the Canaan. The last distinctive is the least controversial. Many perfectly orthodox groups or persons consider orthopraxy more important than orthodoxy. But I think it's significant that when we read Nazi statements on these subjects, orthodoxy is not merely given second place. It's essentially ignored to the point of annihilation.
I'd be remiss if I didn't discuss some other related points. One of these has to do with Hitler's table talk, a record of conversations, or I should say monologues. In table talk we find a great many statements like these reflecting an overt hostility towards Christianity, which is why they are so often used in apologetics of this sort. I'll note these here for the record, but also issue two qualifications. The first is that all of these statements, coming as they did near the end of Hitler's life and in the face of imminent failure, would likely reflect an evolved perception of Christianity that came about because of Hitler's bitterness. The second caveat is that some historians, including one whose work I don't always trust, are questioning just how historically authentic table talk actually is. I'm not expert enough to untangle that particular argument, but as we've seen, there's plenty of evidence about Hitler's beliefs without table talk, and plenty to show that he was in no way a Christian, but at best a proponent of a bowdlerized cult of Christianity. A second point is that some make the claim that regardless of what Hitler was, he was enabled by Germany as a Christian nation, and that many of the rank and file who committed atrocities were Christian. Well, that last claim is kind of vague, and I'll expect any fundy atheist to back it up with specifics. As for Germany being a Christian nation, that badly oversimplifies matters. I'm going to recommend that fundy atheists read this book, The Holy Reich. While I don't agree with every theological conclusion it reaches, it does provide an excellent discussion of how the Nazis bowdlerized Christianity to create the so-called positive mutation. It also explains how the social situation in Germany set things up for that to happen. Suffice for now to say that the main problem was a pre-World War I unwarranted sense of nationalism, and an idea of Germany as a nation chosen by God. An idea which World War I destroyed. The last point I'll add has to do with the influence of paganism on certain Nazi officials. Over the years there's been a lot of unreliable literature, some of it by Christians, claiming that Hitler was at the head of an occult conspiracy. On the one hand, a lot of this material is by non-scholars who rely on questionable source material. On the other hand, some of it is on the mark with respect to some Nazi officials, notably Heinrich Himmler, the head of the SS.
In conclusion, when Hitler or some other Nazi official is quoted as referring to God or Jesus or Christianity, we should understand those words as having, well, a big fat red asterisk. Because when they use those words, they don't mean the real thing to those who use them. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> who are you to say who a real Christian is? That's the no true Scotsman fallacy. Yeah, I knew that was coming. We'll take care of that in part two of this series. <laughs>